Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebenistas podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. Oh, f- Is this your head thing? <laughs> I've been doing that with Xavier, and he actually really thinks it's funny. <laughs> he's like, he's just like, it's really excited. If I have my hair out or whatever, I like put my hair in his face, and he's just like, ah. <laughs> oh my god but while i was trying to take this nap he decided and this happened last week too when i finally like slowed down so i could like just hang out with him he was like this is a great time for me to like crawl all over you and like flip on you and like i'm gonna sit on your head and he like was like doing my hair in the way that mm-hmm. babies do your hair bill came in the door and like i sat up and i was like obviously we know who did my hair <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. It's awesome. He's trying to create a masterpiece. Basically. I probably like fixed it and he was like, mother, what are you doing? <laughs> Why did you do this? Boom. Bye. Boom. Free. You do this with your hair. Just now? No, like a little while ago, you went like this. Like you're like Pippi Long stockings. <laughs> I so wanted to do the two braids today. Like I, it's just too much hair to do it. But yeah, you, you feel it. that. No, it's, hold on, let me show you. Like it's it's you can't see it because it's tied up here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you look like your accent was about to change and be like bumble clot. We are gonna be a shower on the thing. No. <laughs> but I like it a lot. I think you should one day definitely do it. Send me a picture because I would love to see the picture. I liked doing that. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, same thing. I've been drinking Guinness. <laughs> i'm glad that they made guinness they changed the recipe they're vegan now tastes good to me <laughs> i love guinness and now i can have irish car bombs again nice. um now that all the included alcohols are vegan they had to do bailey's vegan da 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 like what was in them before you know what nope don't want to know nope don't do. ruin it. i'm gonna tell you don't ruin it i'm not ruining it i'm telling you this is how this is so apparently there's an enzyme in fish guts and beers a lot of wines still follow this so a lot of a lot of beers are getting out of that like there's a lot more vegan options for beers but a lot of wines are still stuck in that tradition but yeah it's a filtration system and they do it through fish guts so So i found out recently that mcdonald's fries were not vegan Mm -hmm. because they were frying them in like beef fat or something like pork fat yeah yeah why just and i mean but they're also made with sugar their fries are made with a ton of sugar like, it's so fucking weird. ridiculous. Yeah. So weird, but they're delicious, nonetheless. Dude. Well, let's get started, shall we? Yeah. While we're sipping our drinks and with our beers, let's fucking do it, because I'm so excited about this episode, so please. <laughs> Welcome to another great episode of the Ebenistas Podcast. Thank you for joining us yet again. I am Doreen, and we also have Miss... Jabby. Hello. Hello. Hey, Jabby. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> good. I'm little sleepy um we're doing this at our at a strange time than we normally do but i'm here i'm excited i'm so excited for this <laughs> i think i've been waiting for this ep- we like together we were like we should definitely do this episode but i've been waiting for this like probably before i even had the idea of starting to do a podcast so i was like man i love talking about this so let's go let's go let's go so if you didn't uh, hear all that hype up about this today's episode is actually focused on 
true crime, whether that be podcasts or TV shows or movies, documentaries, all of that. And as someone who isn't a true crime follower, I will watch like a TV show or like something on ID if, you know, my friend is watching it or if it's on, but like, it's never going to be like my first choice. So I definitely tend to shy away from violence or any sort of goriness or murders just because I'm just like a really sensitive kind of person. I had bad dreams if I watch stuff like a child, but it's okay. But when I do watch them, I am fascinated by like the whole storyline of what's going to happen, like the whodunit of the episodes. So today we're going to offer you two completely different takes. One from Jabby's side, where she is an avid listener and a <laughs> true crime enthusiast. Um, <laughs> And then my take, where it's very limited, and I usually actually stay away from them. So, yeah. Interesting, because, like, you're saying that, like, that's not literally your first choice. Like, you're just like, I'm going to stay away. Literally, when I sit down to watch TV, and I'm like, hmm, I want to watch a movie, or I want to watch a show. I My first genre that I go to is horror, thriller, crime. Like, I'm just, I, I have a subscription to Shudder. Shudder, when it came out, was, like, came to me from the heavens. <laughs> like I was just like this is horror movie awesomeness I'm into all that stuff because also because you're sensitive but you know me like I'm super sensitive in <laughs> certain ways so it's kind of strange like I won't look at pictures of like actual like injuries or anything like that I can't do it I will cry and like I will like cringe and stuff but if you give me fake stuff all day or day so but within the true crime genre I know sometimes like people will show pictures I won't look at them I can't. I can listen to it. But we'll talk about that more. And we are also going to talk about why so many people are fascinated with this particular genre. Oh, yeah. And um, I hope by the time you're done listening to this episode, you'll be able to get that answer as well. Or maybe give us some feedback about why you're into it or not into it. I might be I a psychopath. Know. I might not be. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we thought this was pretty cool, actually. BuzzFeed. Oh, lovely BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. <laughs> From the heavens for me that that's Basically. my <laughs> you you saw the add in me and you gave me buzzfeed yes it really does like it's perfect for like i guess personal certain personality types because yeah we get our fun stuff we get serious stuff and you know a little bit of everything there's a community so i love it but they have a quiz and i want to quiz you Let's i really want to quiz you on your true crime knowledge so this one is on buzzfeed and it's called only a true crime expert can get more than seven out of ten on this quiz which I am not. So let's find out if that's true. <laughs> All right. First question. How would Ted Bundy usually lure women to his car? First option is by offering them a lift. Second, by feigning disability or injury or by pretending to be a salesman. Oh, I don't know this at all. I'm going to say by offering them a lift. Wrong. Damn. It was by having Damn. a fake arm sling or... Ooh. I need help injury. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Praying off their maternal instincts. Okay. <laughs> definitely. So next one is what was John Wayne Gacy known as? One, the night stalker. Two, the killer clown. Or three, the highway man. John Wayne Gacy. I'm going to go with A, whatever the first option was. The night stalker. That is wrong. He was Damn, the, the highway killer. What? Yeah, yes. I don't know any of these. <laughs> Girl, I will show you the picture of him dressed up. <laughs> Next one. Who is the main subject of season one of the podcast serial? Oh, I know this one. Okay, go ahead. Give me the options. 
All right, we have Anand Saeed, Amanda Knox, or Stephen Avery. Hey, Anand Saeed. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> well, hold on. Bonus question: Who is Amanda Knox, and who are Stephen Avery? Amanda Knox is the American that was in Italy when her roommate was gruesomely murdered. Is that her? Yeah, that's her. Yeah, yeah. And then who's Stephen Avery? Do you know? I have no idea. So the name might sound familiar. He was the focus of the Netflix series, Making a Murderer. That's the name of the show. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that that one. one? Mm -mm. Girl, get on it. Okay, next question. How was Jeffrey Dahmer caught? One- One of his intended victims escaped and notified the police. Two, a neighbor complained about a foul smell coming from his apartment. Or three, he tried to solicit sex from an undercover officer. Oh, man. I don't know this at all. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer liked to, like, eat his people. Mm -hmm. But I guess he would be not messy enough to leave the odor somewhere a neighbor could smell. I'm going to go with one of his intended ran away and told the police. Yep. Nailed it. Nice. He nailed it. Felt like I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I'm like, okay, <laughs> through this. You're like, 500 on the board. All right. Can I, can Give I it phone a friend? Okay. <laughs> I would be the friend you would need to phone, though. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you have any other friends that are into this? Shireen. Yeah, my other best friend. Ah, she is. Okay. She, Shireen, yeah. you're, if you're out there, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. <laughs> um, All right, so this one, actually, I don't quite remember him, but maybe this would jog my memory. But this one, the Green River Killer used to do what with the bodies post-murder? One, embalm them. Two, have sex with them. Or three, dismember them. Oh, man, they're all pretty awesome. Um, Okay, one more time. What was it? Have sex, dismember, and what was the other one? Embalm them. And he was called the Green River? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with embalm. Ooh, I love that. But no, um, this answer actually was have sex with them. Damn. Yeah. That's they were dead. Mm, nice okay. and old. Okay. <laughs> Sharon Tate brutally murdered by the Manson family was the wife of which famous director? This is hard, but I feel like you know this. So one is James Cameron, two, Stanley Kubrick, or three, Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Ding, 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 ding. That was fucking horrible. Every time I listen to the story about what happened, I'm just like, I can't imagine her fear. I just finished watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where they talk about that whole story. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why I know. And I was like, what, what? And I, and then you didn't he, know about the story before? I did, but I didn't know like all the details and about like that Roman Pulowski was her husband, like all the stuff that he did after that, and, like how messed up he was and she was pregnant. Ugh, it was awful. Yeah, they definitely leave out some stuff, definitely change some stuff that ends up happening. I definitely remember when the moment it clicked in that movie and I realized what it was and where they were going and I got so hyped all of a sudden. I was like, not only is this movie already good, but oh my God, now they're doing this true crime thing. And Bill, yeah. I remember he looked at me, he's like, why are you getting excited? I'm like, you don't, you can't figure it out. I was like, you haven't figured out what they're talking about yet. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to say anything. I can't wait till you figure it out. Like, <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah, you're a little murdery, but it's okay. (laughs) With a smile. All right, next one. What was the name of the murdered family depicted in Truman Capote's In Cold Blood? Or Truman Capote? I'm sorry if I said that wrong. One, the Clutter family or the Williams family? I don't know. I'm going to go with the Williams family. Okay. 
That's a 50-50. And honestly, I've never heard of it, but it was actually the Clutter family. Of course it is. I'm not going to go through what that was about, but um, if you're taking this quiz, you can definitely look it up yourself. Um, next one. <laughs> Who lived at the address 25 Cromwell Street? Yo mama. Yo. <laughs> disrespectful. No, disrespectful. <laughs> You're like, please don't come for me. <laughs> um, the next, so the options are R- Fred and Rose West, the, the Yorkshire Ripper, or Harold Shipman. Harold Shipman. No. Luckily, I don't know that one either. And it's Fred and Rose West. Yeah. And I'll do this one very quickly because it's very short. These two individuals were husband and wife, I guess, because their last name was West. Maybe they could have been brother and sister, but I don't know. They brutally tortured and killed 12 victims between 73 and 79. It's called the House of Horrors, but it's now been demolished. Ugh. Okay. How many years did Stephen Avery serve in jail before he was was exonerated? Mm. 10 years, 14 years, 18 years. But you haven't seen this one. I'm going to go with 10 years. No, 14. 18? Damn, son. 18 years. They took your life. And then they would not let up on him. Okay, so this one is really unfair. It says, which serial killer is this a sketch of? Like, hold on. (laughs) I'm going to hook you up. Oh, that's the... Oh, I don't know. The... I was going to say that Washington guy, the the sniper, the DC sniper. sniper. Well, let's give it to you. Let's um, go through the options. The Long Island serial killer, two, the Zodiac killer, or the BTK killer? I'll go with the Zodiac killer. Yeah, actually it is. Okay. So you got four out of 10 right. Yeah, I sucked. It says, you know a bit about true crime, but not loads. You probably listen to the odd podcast or two, but you don't obsessively follow cases and you certainly don't hold on to two specific facts. That is correct. That is A-OK, girls, girl. We about to get into it. So as you can tell, I am extremely excited about this. So really quick, how personally I got into this, because everyone I feel like people who are really into this genre, they all have like a how did, what story really got me into this? Like what sparked my interest? So for like myself and like millions of other people, Serial came out and that was literally the first podcast I'd ever listened to. I mean, I remember watching avidly Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid. Definitely, I should not have been watching that, but I also watched Freddy Krueger. So, (laughs) exactly. So I would say maybe that's kind of the first. And then also, what's the other one? America's Most Wanted. Oh, yeah. That was really popular. Yeah. I would say like that's probably like the intro into the genre, but like as an adult, um, Serial really piqued my interest, especially learning about the justice system and what could have gone wrong and in the investigation as a whole. I mean, and I just kind of held on to my interest of these things. And then I had a friend that introduced me to a very popular true crime podcast. And I remember I devoured that. I mean, they had like 200 something episodes and I devoured it in like, I don't know, like two weeks, two and a half weeks. Damn, girl. Yeah. I, I mean, I would listen at work. I mean, do what you got to yeah. do. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I got into it. I think I have made it very clear that I don't really watch or listen to this kind of stuff. But for the purpose of research for this podcast, I did go and check out Serial. I tried to listen to a couple other ones and I was just like, mm, nobody cares. <laughs> but <laughs> what I liked about Serial was she was telling a story. Mm-hmm. You know, like she definitely introduced you to the character. She gave you like a really good descriptive, you know, imagery for like what the courthouse that they were in. 
So I listened to season three, or I think it was season three, just because I could not figure out how to get back to season one. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so this time she's in like a courthouse in Cleveland. And she goes over all the different, like a bunch of different cases that she encounters while she's in this courthouse. And she introduces you to the lawyer and like the, the justice system and how this girl was in an altercation and like how she ended up pleading, you know, like throwing out the plea deals and going to trial. Like, it was a whole thing. Yeah. But it basically came down to the fact that like she was not black. The lawyer said it never hurts to be white and it always hurts to be black. Yeah. Like, and I was like, damn son, but it's very true. Yep. And just listening to like how like the lawyer, the prosecutor and her defense lawyer, how their egos basically cost her like a whole bunch of time and mm-hmm. unnecessary money just because, well, I didn't like the way he spoke to me. Well, I didn't like this. I'm like, what does this have to do with the, the person? Yeah. And he was like, well, I'm worried about my reputation. If I don't take the plea deal, I don't want them to think that I'm like, it was just politics. So, yeah. but the story, the story of it, it definitely drew me in. I was like, okay, it wasn't about murder. So I was like, okay. You're, I'm in. Yeah. And it was definitely interesting to hear about like how she felt like there was a clear racial divide. Um, she talks about how like the clerks at that particular courthouse were mostly black and the security officers and the police officers were mostly black. But whenever you go into the supervisory level, then everyone else is pretty much white and like how women are seen, you know, in that particular area. So it was interesting. I, I definitely felt like I was there just listening. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, do you feel like you were describing saying that you she was kind of describing the courthouse she was in and things like that. Do you think you would prefer stories that kind of paint a picture of what happened? Like, because there are a lot of podcasts that do that. They're covering this very serious case, but the person's like, "I'm walking into the town. It's quiet. The sky is blue." Oh, it wasn't uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, would you listen to one that's more descriptive of like? what's around and things like that or is it just the fact that she described this the justice system it was the way that she described what she was doing like she didn't go into details about like the weather or anything like that but the way that she described it and the details that she used were pertinent to the full story mm-hmm. and I was like why is she bringing this up but then I realized later on why she did bring it up and yeah. everything that she mentioned circled back and kind of closed that loop mm-hmm. and I was like okay I enjoyed the story of it Um, it's one of the reasons why I love reading. I get lost in the story and I can actually picture myself in this, you know, situation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Same, same. That's, that's what I look for in my books is just complete immersion where your brain just kind of floats out there kind of thing. You're Mm -hmm. in a different world. So I definitely have some suggestions after this for you based on Serial. So Serial actually continues past a non-Saeed. And then also there's another one I, I can't remember the name but I'll, I'll hook you up maybe you like it maybe you don't but okay. i feel like it it'll fall in that same genre for you but also from what i understand with adnan is he's still in jail what i understood was that the supreme court denied his last appeal they were like we're not even going to hear it so um i think that's where they're at definitely something to look into so one of the things i wanted to talk about was people having the interest in these stories and of course that includes myself is it at the expense of the victim or the families or both i can understand if someone voluntarily provided their story to someone and they were like you know this is just part of my healing process or anything like that but sometimes i feel like some of these stories they get researched and it's a lot of it is available for public consumption, you know, going to get police reports, things like you just pay a fee, really. If the case is closed and they solved it and things like that, you can go pretty much and just put in a um, freedom of information quest. 
some of these families or victims, they may not want their stories told outside of what is already known. So when you were talking about that, it reminded me of a documentary that I watched on Netflix called Abducted in Plain Sight. I mm-hmm. think when I watched it, I told everybody, I was like, please go watch this mm-hmm. because it was, the story was just unbelievable, but also the impact that these things had on her family and the fact that this was the first time that they were really being open about the full story that no one really knew Mm -hmm. because of how their poor decisions created this, you know, and what's sad is that the dad confessed some stuff that he had done and I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but like scandal. And he confessed some (laughs) stuff about his part in his daughter being abducted multiple times. Mm -hmm. And right after this, he was actually dying and he had cancer and he died. He passed away. Mm -hmm. But if if it wasn't for that, I don't know if they ever would have really been completely honest about the full story. Just having to live with that and knowing other people have to see you and know that you did some things. Yeah. I think it can be it can be really damaging sometimes. Yeah. It kind of stirs up things that maybe some trauma, you know, horrible experiences, murder, you yeah. know, things that loss. Like so, I, I definitely see that it can be. It it may not always be like entertaining. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly it. it, it maybe talk about a family who you know now that this genre is kind of like the last few years has just exploded everywhere. I'm like you said, TV, radio, like everywhere. I feel like some of these families, like, I feel like they, sometimes maybe someone gets a call and they're like, hey, did you know, like, that your son's story or your mother's story is on this podcast somewhere? And then that person, talk about, say, this, the, the story's like 30, 40 years old, and now somebody's rehashing it and bringing yeah. it back up. And it's just like, you may, they may not listen to it. I don't know. You know, I'm just thinking hypothetically, but I'm sure it's happened because, you know, that's just like the laws of nature of things that have happened probably but maybe they just didn't want anyone else to talk about it maybe they're just like just leave it alone like i've grown past that i'm trying to like move past or they maybe they haven't and you're just opening old wounds up yeah so are we listening at their expense going back to the story of adnan saeed is um heyman lee and definitely someone that was taken way too soon and unfortunately I feel like the show also has opened it up for more questions as far as like maybe the family already felt some kind of closure or something like that. But someone on Reddit at one point, they claimed to be her brother. Um, They wrote basically to Reddit users that were discussing the case. They wrote, to me, it's real life. To you listeners, it's another murder mystery. You don't know what we went through, especially to those who are demanding our family response and having a meetup. You guys are disgusting. I pray that you don't have to go through what we went through and have your story blasted to 5 million listeners. So again, they're not sure if that was him or not, but I can understand a family member being pissed off about this, you know, you know, and having to relive that. So whether it's helpful or not to another family, because you have to always remember when these crimes happen, it's not just the victim, but it's also their family. It's also the person that committed the crime, their family, and how they feel about what happened. You know, they also lose a family member as well. You know, there's a lot of lives that are touched. I think there are things to remember while people watch or listen to these stories and a reaction that we hope that most people have is empathy, feeling like, you know, like, damn, I I can't even imagine what those people are going through and, you know, that sort of thing. But I don't know if that's always the case. There's a certain level of like disconnection that I feel it is. It does feel like I'm watching a movie or listening to a TV show. It doesn't feel like real. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, you know, watching a lot of violence and those types of things, you kind of become desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. 
I do think about, especially if there's kids involved and stuff like that, or if it's someone really young, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't imagine what they went through. You know, I do have that response, which it keeps it on the forefront of my mind, you know, and that's why I try not to watch it. So it's not a burden that I'm carrying around with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to have some kind of disconnect if it's a genre that you enjoy. I definitely think that even though I watch a lot of it and listen to a lot of it, um, I do find myself saying a lot. I mean, pretty much every episode that I see or or listen to, I'm going, what the fuck? You know, at the tragedy of what happened and like why it happened. And like, you know, even if I go back to discuss it with someone else or anything like that, like I'm, I still have that that feeling of like, what, what did I just listen to, you know? And I remember one day um, after listening to a podcast on the way home from work, I mean, this story still to this day, like just makes me like shudder and like feel like all kinds of ways, especially because the individuals involved, the people, the offenders basically got a slap on the wrist. And it was definitely something just horrific that they did to this girl. And I came home and just hugged Bill and just cried and I was like he was like what's wrong I was like I just heard the worst fucking story one of the worst stories I've ever heard and you know I don't know I kind of feel like connected in some kind of way to people I don't know if that's strange to say because then I mean it opens up for empathy obviously and or like it could happen at any point to anyone it's kind of like a reminder kind of thing like this Mm -hmm. could happen to anyone at any time it could happen to me well, that's terrifying, Jabby. Thank you. Well, it is. But at the same time, I mean, like, it's sometimes it's a reality kind of thing. Maybe it just keeps you on my toes. But we're going to talk about that more, actually. Yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at. You know, empathy. I hope that people that listen to these things, you don't have a robotic response to it all the time. And that you truly think about all of the people involved in how none of this stuff should be happening. But it does. So yeah. take that as you will. So on the other side of that, in the genre, the benefits to some of these stories. Sometimes they actually help. Yeah, yeah. I would say one of the biggest ones that I came across was this podcast called Up and Vanished. And their first season came out and the guy looked into this, the missing case of Tara Grinstead. And he, their show basically ended up solving the mystery. It led to a confession. It led to them knowing where the body was you know, the whole shebang. And now the people responsible are, you know, being held and being made accountable for it. So to me, like, I mean, you're talking about, I think that case was like 20 something years old. And they basically had said, it's just, she, it's literally the way it started. Like, and you're listening to the podcast as it develops, like, it was like, she just vanished into thin air. And then all of a sudden people start talking and people, you know, and it was just so amazing to listen to. And then next thing you know, we're getting up to date episodes and he's like, yeah, now we're in the courtroom, blah, blah, blah. Like, and so they really are applauded for helping with this case. If they hadn't come in, you know, who knows? It could still be a cold case. So you remember the documentary, Don't F with Cats? Um, so that one, I I was watching, I was like, what? But that was, you know, a a little, like a group of people online decided that they were going to like figure out who's doing this because they hated the fact that someone was torturing cats, you know? And then it, they literally caught a serial killer. I I mean, he was legit crazy, but this community got together and figured out who was doing this and got him arrested. And so it can be helpful. It can be, 
I mean, you're talking about sometimes these police forces, they've given up, basically. They're like, the case is just sitting there on the shelf, and they just label it a a cold case, and they're like, well, somebody wants to come dig through it, then, like, come dig through it. Or you have, like, these small towns where, I mean, the amount of stories that I've heard where these small towns just are like, we're just gonna sweep that shit under the rug, like, no one's gonna know about this, but a podcast comes along, or you know, a TV show comes along and they're like, no, we want to grab this one from the box and, you know, we're going to take a look into it. And it actually leads to a few more clues. It leads to, you know, just a little bit more. They, even on um, the new Unsolved Mysteries, they've already talked about the amount of tips and things that they've gotten in for several cases. So, yeah, you know, I hope a lot of them are true. I hope people are out there making false claims and are really trying to help solve these mysteries because these families deserve it. Um, yeah. The closure. Yeah. Um, the other one is exonerations that goes along with it. Like serial is ultimately about trying to find out if this person had a proper trial, were they wrongly convicted. I've heard a couple. One of them is um, the In the Dark podcast did a, a season on a gentleman by the name of Curtis Flowers. This guy was put on trial. I can't remember how many times, like seven or eight times, if I'm not mistaken for the same crime by the same prosecutor, like this guy. And every time it was just a matter of evidence being messed up or something. There was also this thing that the prosecutor was unfairly striking black people from the jury list. This is another smaller town, Southern smaller town, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, it was about that. It was about mistaken identity or racial profiling, things like that. It's about bringing this person home because they didn't get a fair trial. I always err on the side of, because I see some podcasts that they're like, you know, we believe that this person is innocent, you know, please call da 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 to keep the execution from going through or like to help him get exonerated. And I'm, I personally believe I was not there. I was not in the room. Do I think a lot of people are wrongly accused of things? I'm not talking about this case in particular. I'm talking about in general, obviously. I wasn't in the room. I don't know what happened. I would not in good consciousness be able to call on someone's behalf because I don't know 100% of what happened. Right. That's just me personally. But I do see some benefit in that. You know, exonerations are very important. You also have the, what is it, the Exonerated Five? Yeah, um, Central Park Five. Yeah, like if someone hadn't brought that back up and someone hadn't kept pushing for them, they'd still be there. Yeah. They'd still be there, so... So now let's talk about how the genre has changed throughout the decades. There is an author called Kevin Flynn who co-writes with his wife, Rebecca Lavoie. They write crime books and they co-host the podcast Crime Writers On. Um, the writer said that when he started writing these books, the formula was typically cops investigate and the bad guys get caught and punished. He said he noticed now that people want to learn about how the justice, justice system works where it breaks down and more interest in the wrongly convicted and or cold cases. I definitely am on that side. That's what got me into it was like I said, serial. I definitely wanted to know more about why the justice system failed. I don't know if you agree. Like, I feel like we've been for so long, the justice system was like, you know, always trust your cops, always trust this, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, for so long, especially black people or minorities were like, um, no, they out here tripping. <laughs> like, you What's know? that quote about absolute power corrupting? Like that's, that's what happens. Exactly. Exactly. And now it's like, just now, like now there's a larger audience looking into the idea that like, yeah, you know what? They are, they are screwed up. They are making, you know, some terrible decisions and, you know, setting people up sometimes and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, of course, there are some that they do great work. They do what they're supposed to do. But yeah. there is an area where it, it falls. Like the idea that anyone could think that there is a system like that, that is 100% um, without flaw is naivety. Like complete, you're, you're completely being naive about that. Like Absolutely. there's no way just in the grand scheme of like life. But I think that people are just so tired of being fed the narrative that the cops are here for us and the justice system is here for us. And I mean, we can see what's happening right now in the world um, with all the protests and everything. We're tired. We're, we're freaking tired of it. And I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great way for us to have a deeper view into the justice system. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, shows about real life crimes have always been popular. Look how long Law and Order has been on TV yeah. since the 1990s. <laughs> well, since 1990, not the 90s, 1990. And it has spawned Ooh. so many other little sideshows, SVU, Criminal Intent. I mean, it's just, it goes on and on. But SVU is the only Law and Order that we need in our lives. Dun, dun. Yes. I don't care. Someone can fight me if they want. I think I feel like I say this like once an episode, but fight me if you want. SVU, Stabler and Benson are classic. There's a nice tea. Like, ah. Oh. But I feel like though these types of shows are kind of what drew people into Law and Order. Like they definitely ripped a lot of stories from the headlines and oh, cases yeah. from the headlines. But then they would do also like other ones that you're just like, damn, that's messed up. And sometimes they'd be like, oh yeah, they got off the end credits and because that's honestly how it is but the fascination with crimes that are gruesome heinous or bizarre crimes usually murder cases are typically what you're going to see on these shows these types Mm -hmm. of shows should have three main elements um, according to writers it should have great writing meticulous research and fearless engagement with the psychological cultural and emotional aftermath of extreme violence and murder Mm. so it's interesting yeah it is interesting i've never okay i didn't know that like that's kind of like their recipe like for having an engaging story like and i feel i mean yeah law and order hits all of that i i guess because they do they really mess with my psyche like sometimes i'm just like oh like i don't know but they also sometimes like you said right from the headlines the other cool thing is sometimes in one headline like in reality where the person gets off in their their reality the person gets actually arrested so yeah it's almost like you get this feeling of like one day, you know, like if this happens again, maybe, yeah, you feel like justice has been done. Unfortunately, it's on a TV show, you know, but I think it's dope. Who's your favorite on Law and Order? Stabler. (laughs) Is it because you think he's cute? Oh, no, not at all. Okay, just checking. He's kind of got got the dad bod thing going on. I don't find him attractive, but I just, I can understand why people do. No, no, thank you. No one on that show does. But he's not to say that he is not an attractive person. I'm sorry. Like he just has like a dark side to him. Like mm-hmm. he's seen things and he's been through some stuff. You know, <laughs> it's just so oh bad. man, Olivia. Have you watched like newer? I haven't watched newer newer episodes. But the last time I left it was after she had gotten kidnapped or something, and she was still having PTSD and all that stuff. I was like, this girl been through some shit. I think the last time I really watched it was when she had just like she was she had adopted a kid yep. or she had a kid and then she was going through like some issues where they were saying that she was an unfit parent or something like that that, that she had abused a child. That was the last like episode. That was a couple years ago, so Ooh. or a few years. I feel like every few years I go through a SVU like revival. Because uh, TBS just... makes you, they're like, we're gonna play SVU for three weeks. You're gonna watch it. You're right. That's all you're <laughs> getting. Well, Hulu has them all. 
So like, that's why I kind of, I know I left off. I started from season one of like months ago and I think I'm on season two, but like, I always go back to it. Like kind of like when I don't have much else to watch. Cause like those first, I want to say 10 seasons, I've seen most of everything. Dude, that show's been on for a long time. Yeah, it has. How many, let's hold on. Now I'm interested to know like how many um, seasons they have. Law and Order SVU, I'm sorry, Law and Order itself, it said in 2010 it went off, but Law and Order SVU. I think I've watched more episodes of SVU than I have any of the other ones, that's for sure. Yeah, I used to watch CSI a lot. That was another show that I was like all about CSI, but not Mm -hmm. CSI Miami because Horatio, oh my God, he would be like walk up to a kid that like hasn't been speaking in like three days. He's like, tell me what happened, son. (laughs) The murderer came in my I'm like, come on, really? Like, get out of here. It was God a ratio made me I so could bad. Never get into CSI. There was always this <laughs> there was not enough grittiness for me. And it. it was just kind of like a there's like always these like holes in the story for me kind of thing. Like I was just I couldn't keep take it seriously at all. Good. The SVU has been on since nineteen ninety-nine and they are on season they're about to be on season twenty-two. Yeah damn they're invested well good for you guys have a career damn it yeah so let's move to our next section psychology how your brain is working how your brain is working oh i forgot to tell you something i was thinking about it this morning did i ever tell you i made a rap for myself in high school no do you want me to do it now or at the end of the show um I feel like you got to do it now. I mean, you know. All right. You ready? Let's do it. Do I got to like beatbox? <laughs> it's really quick. I'm really proud of it. I'm glad that I remembered it. All right. My name is Jabby and I like ice cream. Don't mess with me because I'm really, really mean. Yellow, mellow, hello, eating jello with my fellow. I can't be beat. I'll slap you with my meat. <laughs> Good job, boo. Good job. Oh, that felt good to do. I haven't done the that. Ice cream years. definitely threw me off. I was like, well, you said you like what now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is really funny because I don't like ice cream that much. I just need something to rhyme. Um, and I'm really not that mean unless you need me to be. So the next thing. That is- was our musical break by Jabby. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You are welcome, subjects. I'm still on the subject thing from our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> I told Bill afterwards, I was like, we're going to make a nation, by the way. So, um, yeah, just get ready for that. And he was like, mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Have fun with that, babe. <laughs> the nonsense he listens to from us. like. Uh... So, there is a doctor. She is a clinical and forensic psychologist by the name of Paula E. Bruce. Um, she believes that people are drawn to the true crime genre due to the ability to have a glimpse into a world not normally accessed, which makes sense. That's what we were kind of talking about earlier, right? Like, it's kind of cool. We get to see into the justice system a little bit. What I'm always fascinated about is the majority of the true crime audience are female, overwhelmingly, like, (laughs) snapped. Hello. (laughs) Oh, man. I remember when snapped came out, I was like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. Dr. Bruce believes that the fact that there's mostly women that enjoy this genre is due to the fact that most victims of serious crimes are female. And then also there was another psychologist, Corrine Johnson, 
She believes that the type of violent content we enjoy is a correlation of what we believe is most likely to affect us. So that's interesting because in my research, I found, um, so I have a quote first. Yeah. Um, the serial killers excite and tantalize people, much like traffic accidents, train wrecks, or natural disasters. The public's fascination with them can be seen as a specific manifestation of its more general fixation on violence and calamity. That was according to Scott Bond, who's a PhD. He also states that when watching or listening to these stories of criminal investigation, it gives us a rush of adrenaline, not just fear of what the criminal may have done, but it also adds some insight on why they did. So the viewer feels that by watching the story, they can prevent something similar from actually happening to them. Like, now I know what not to do. I'm not going to go down that dark road. I'm not going to talk to that person. Adrenaline can also be highly addictive. I mean, that's why a lot of thrill seekers watch it compulsively. Yep. I don't know anyone who just watches like one episode and is like, okay, that was it for me for today. Like they... <laughs> <laughs> no, if it's a series, I'm going to watch it all, okay? Yes. I'm going to watch it all. And I totally agree with that. This also goes along with people who enjoy horror movies as well. Because one day I was, of course, being my weird self. And I was like, why do I like horror movies so much? Do, 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 Google. And it pretty much said the same thing. It's the equivalent of adrenaline junkies that, I mean, it is an adrenaline junkie. And basically people who go like skydiving and all that stuff. Um, it's just kind of our little way of doing it. I think that's really interesting, like the whole learning ways to protect yourself through watching other people. And I definitely find myself, I joke around a lot about things like that, especially with other people who watch a lot of true crime and stuff. Um, we'll be like, well, that's why you don't do these things. You don't do X, Y, and Z because do you remember that story of that person? Da, 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 da. Like, you know, like there's all these precautions. And yeah. um, I will say, um, I don't, oh no, you weren't here when I worked downtown. When I worked downtown, I would listen to true crime like on the way, like I would walk downtown to my parking spot and my parking spot at one point was under, is um, a garage like underneath the ground. Underground? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We got there. High five. Teamwork. <laughs> you can see my face. I am ashamed. <laughs> you know, she has, like, the, puppy, the puppy face when they get caught doing something bad. Like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> because I was, I list, learned all these different things. I would like automatically turn myself into a defense mechanism because I was like, nobody's going to catch me off guard. I'm not getting kidnapped today. It's kind of funny, but it's not because women, we really do. I mean, it's the, the statistics are there. Like we are definitely, you know, victims of these crimes way more often. So, and women walk in fear all the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I totally think that makes sense. And back to Dr. Bruce really quick. At the end of the day, look, it's just like anything else. You can become an addict. So if your obsession, if you find yourself that you cannot work, it's getting into the way of your daily life, your family, changing your moods and behaviors, what have you, you might want to seek therapy. However, if you are perfectly fine, you can listen to it and go about your day and, you know, not be affected by it greatly um, to the point that it hurts you, then, um, you're just a normal creep like myself and we can just keep on being creeps together. So not me though. Not <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell you stories that you don't want to hear. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I, I don't know. I did like cereal. I did enjoy it. I don't, I don't know if I'll listen to it again. I mean, maybe if I'm bored or like on a road trip, yeah, but that'll probably be it. But let's if talk about, we want to start from season one now. Yeah. I need to figure out how to do that. So okay. yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about some of the spoofs that they have made mm. of some of these like true crime. I watched American Vandal yes. for the purpose of this <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, you did? Did you finish the whole thing? Or so I watched. <laughs> I, I never finished up, by the way, but I watched the first three episodes and then I just watched the last one. I was like, I got what I needed to get. I'm no, good. so many jokes you missed. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotcha, I gotcha. But it was interesting. Like, it was funny, like the way that they were like, hey, they, drew, they drew dicks all over the place. And but it was the ball hair. That's how you know the it wasn't hair. The, the mushroom head. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, one thing that people didn't notice, the ball hair. Like, yeah, like I love it. it's dramatic, but like obviously they don't take themselves very seriously. But what I did think was interesting in the last episode, like they were all deciding at the beginning whether or not this like super popular girl mm-hmm. had given this like nerdy lying guy like a blowjob or hand job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she confronts the the kids that made the documentary. She was like, "Why did you have to go through all that? Like, what did my story have to do with all of this?" She's like, "My dad saw this. My family saw this, and now like." all of my personal businesses out there. And he was just like, damn, like I did get so caught up in the story. I forgot that like you're a person that has a reputation and a family that doesn't really need to know if you gave someone a hand job at camp. And so that part, I was like, damn son, like you did drag her name to the dirt for nothing. Nothing. Yeah. So it was, it was, that was, that was an interesting part for me. They Even though it's a spoof. I mean, right. it, kind of true to like the genre sometimes like these certain people some of their names get cut brought up and they're just like yo i already dealt with this with the police my name was cleared stop bringing me up and like and i can understand why some people don't want to talk to these investigators or people who are i mean like i teeter on calling people especially people who are first time around doing podcasts and things like i teeter very carefully on the fence of calling them investigators I don't know. It's a little strange to me, but huh? They're interested parties. Yeah, but thank you. I would say that people have if they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to talk to you, and they don't owe you anything. And that does not mean that they should be suspected of anything. So yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Worry about yourself. Worry about you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Another podcast that did a spoof, but I couldn't remember the name unfortunately so in my research i found another one called this is serious and it's a super quick podcast i think it's like five minutes long this sounds serious this sounds serious thank you for that correction what did i say this is serious yes yeah i was like i mean it's it's similar but i just wanted to give them that shout out no it's not the same okay (laughs) i've just been sending people down the wrong path okay and people i don't want to send you down the wrong path Oops, Jabby did it again. Okay, Mobby. <laughs> but um, this sounds serious. Yeah, I just listened to it. I mean, it's really quick. Um, and they do the whole making fun of how people put together these this genre of podcasts and things like that. And then Portlandia, you have to find this on YouTube. They have an episode. And I uh, actually sent it to a friend who's also a podcast, enthu- um, I'm sorry, a true crime enthusiast. It's, um, sorry, I just started playing it. But it's from season eight and it's called, episode is called NPR Podcast. And it basically follows around these people who are putting together a podcast during an active police investigation. Mm. And it's really awesome. Like they have a part where they're trying to get sound bites of paper shuffling. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, and as Officer Soso starts investigating, you hear the paper. 
And then they have live musicians in there playing like the violin and like the typical true crime theme music. It's it's pretty friggin' funny. I love Portlandia in general. Spoofs are out there. I love the spoofs. I think they're fun. It's okay to make fun of the genre that you like. Just to give you some perspective of like how kind of how big the genre is on iTunes and iTunes pretty much is like the top of people listening to you know music and podcasts, things like that. But three out of 10 of the top 10 podcasts on iTunes are true crime shows. So, you know, right up there with the Joe Rogan experience, um, you got true crime in there. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's a very popular genre. There's one out there for everyone, I feel. I've listened to so many different types and I've deleted them. I've come back i've done all these things and it's just a matter of which what style catches you so yeah doreen is there any way that i can make you an avid fan of true crime Not unless you can figure out a way to stop me from having bad dreams oh afterwards so if you got a cure for that yeah sign me up so okay wait hold on because we talked about it earlier so if it's more about like the justice system Mm-mm. no fuck no anything like that has those little negative emotions unfairness injustice murders any of that kind of stuff i'll just dream about it over and over again it's awful i'm literally looking through like my list of podcasts that i have what about okay this is crime but it's not like negative really i mean like it is negative it's called it's a podcast i knew when i found called scam goddess and it's all about like really big scams that people have done um, oh, but those make me so sad. Oh, those poor victims. See, do you see? Like, I am the softest person in the world. I'm like, those poor victims, like, they didn't deserve these scams. Like, you know, I can't, no. Okay. So, but I do know that you like sci fi and stuff like that. Sometimes, yeah, I do. Sometimes a little creepy pasta, right? Yeah. Like ghosts sometimes. So, a big one is the, lad- the last podcast on the left. They have several types of episodes. It's a bunch of guys. So sometimes it is a little hard. They're, they're, com- they're um, comedians. They're all writers professionally. So you have to kind of like go through if you don't want to get a true crime one. But they do a ton of stories on like kind of ghost stories. And they go to haunted houses sometimes. And um, they do really good stories on UFOs and stuff. So maybe that's okay. you. All right. I'm sending Stay to you. around. So if anyone else has... Any recommendations on podcasts that won't give me nightmares, please let us know. Send them mm-hmm. some away. And if you have any creepy ones for me, please let me know. I am yeah. all about it. So thanks guys so much for taking a listen with us. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. You know, we only touched the surface a little bit on true crime. Maybe we'll do a story down the line. Possibly. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, cause we do what we want, of course, but we do what um, we want every day, all day. All day. You don't know me. I do. do you remember Cartman? Yeah, I do what I want. Respect my authority. (laughs) He doesn't say that anymore, and it makes me sad. Mm, I hate that show. What? Yeah, okay. We'll talk about that later. Oh, (laughs) we're about to go fight, (laughs) y'all. Long distance fight. You're going to have like a long distance scrap (laughs) over South Park. Either way, thanks for listening to us again. We really appreciate you guys, and we hope you enjoyed this. Next week, we will be back with another episode. And um, until then, enjoy your week. Stay safe. Always have your guard up, son. Okay, not all the time. Don't be obsessive about it. Yeah. But But, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, The Ebony Six Podcast was created, written, recorded, and produced by Jabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions.